are just so thankful as women to have an opportunity to get together tonight, and we come expecting something good from you. And so, Father God, I just pray that each one of us will have an open heart and open ears and that you will bring forth the word and it will go deep into our hearts tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to get two verses. If you have your Bible, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. And we're going to look at John 10.10. That's the gospel of John. So I'm not sure that we have anything particularly profound to say, but you know, sometimes we just need to be stirred up and reminded of some really good things. So what uh, I'm going to share on tonight, actually, we're going to, it might just be validating some things that you're already doing and you'll say to yourself, good for me, I'm already doing this. Others of us might be saying, ooh, praise God. I have some, some good things that I'm going to get to start to do. <laughs> and either way, other people might be free from bondage. Whatever it is, the Holy Ghost has something really good for you tonight. So, did you get Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 yet? It says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life. You know what I love about the Lord? In case we can't figure it out, which is better, life or death, he gives us the answer. Choose life. You know, gives you a little hint right there. Which one should we choose? Mm, life. Okay. I also really like that the fact, the fact that the Lord gives us a whole lot of choices in a whole lot of areas. And you would think when he lays before us life and death, the choice should be just so very obvious that it's almost laughable that he has to say choose life. But how many of us really know sometimes we just plain don't? We do not choose life in various areas of our lives, and that's kind of what we want to look at tonight. We're also going to turn to John 10.10. 10. Flip over there. It says... The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. That sounds a lot like death, doesn't it? Okay. But I have come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the amplified. That word life there, it, it's the word zoe, and it actually means life that's real and genuine. Um, an active, vigorous, devoted to God, and blessed life. So as we kind of mull that over, something that's really, we talked uh, recently about, about genuine life, it's the real thing. It's not something that we have to fake or, you know, pretend for. It's this, the life of God is just so real and genuine. It's so blessed and rich. One of the versions um, says something along the lines of um, life better than you could ever believe, something along those lines. I mean, it's, just, it's like, so just such a rich kind of life. That's the God kind of life. And if we haven't been able to get that this is something that's really desirable, he wants us to have it in abundance. And I love this because it says super abundant in quantity or superior in quality. So we're looking at genuine, real, rich life, that's better than anything that you could even believe in superabundant quantity and superior quality. 
And that's what God wants for us. And so he keeps reminding us, choose that over steal, kill, destroy, you know, death. So what we want to look at specifically tonight is that kind of life, that real, rich, genuine life, as it pertains to our relationships with other women in the body of Christ. Okay? Women need each other. I don't know about guys, can't speak for them. I'm sure they do, but I know for us, we sure do. Okay? And so that's where I want to go tonight because as much as we need each other, Sometimes we do things in our relationships that do not tend towards life. And that's kind of not so good. We're making choices that bring death instead of super abundant, really good, everything that we should have. And um, so what I want to look at today is I'm going to give you kind of a quick overview, and then we'll come back to these, but some tendencies that I know that we, te that we sometimes do that don't lead towards life, we have a problem saying no. Okay, we're going we're gonna to come back to that. I'm glad to hear that amen, because it, it is true. We are such wonderful people. We like to say yes to everybody. We want everybody to like us. We want everybody to, you know, we want to help them with everything. And so we don't say no sometimes as we should. Uh, another thing we tend to do, we often knit ourselves to people who do not edify us. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to look at that. And, and we do that because we are so sweet and we're so nice and we figure everybody should be, they, they need me, everybody needs me and my friendship and we, we want to give of ourselves and then we get ourselves into these relationships that do not edify us. Um, we tend to think, this is number three, we tend to think that everybody's our responsibility and all their problems are our responsibility. Like we haven't got enough of our own problems. We need to pick up yours, you know. So, so there's something else we're going to address. And then we want to be peacekeepers, which is a very good thing for us to want to be. But how many of you know it's very disappointing and it brings us sometimes guilt when we cannot find peace in certain relationships. No matter what we do, there is no peace there. And then we take that upon ourselves like, I have done something wrong. So these might be areas, uh, like I said, you might be doing real good in this and you're just validating and saying, woohoo, yeah, girl, I knew those scriptures and I'm doing good in those areas. Or you might be saying, we're not supposed to act that way. You know, <laughs> and so let's, here's the thing. Let's find out what the scripture says. What does God want for us? All this is pertaining to choose life. We're choosing that richness of life. That's where we're going with this. Interestingly, if you'll please turn to Proverbs 4.23. This verse sums up and answers the core of all of those issues that I just presented. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. What does that mean? Guard your heart, your innermost who you are. One of the versions actually says, above all that you guard. Okay, it says, 
keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. It shows you a little bit more urgent. Above all that you guard, guard your heart. We think sometimes about guarding our heart from sin because out of our heart flows everything else in life. Everything flows out of your heart. So we do need to guard our hearts against sin. We need to guard against impure motives. We need to guard against, you know, things that are, that we, you, you know, you can tell when bitterness and stuff starts rising up on the inside, and we do need to guard against that. But, you know, there is also other things that we need to guard against. And it's not just always about sin. When, we, when it's talking about out of, uh, because out of your heart spring the issues of life, you know, uh, it says in Proverbs chapter uh, 18 and verse 14, you don't need to turn to any of the other verses. I'll just refer to them, but that was the, the ones that I want you to go home with are the ones that we already turned, with, uh, turned to. But Proverbs um, chapter 18 and verse 14 says, The spirit of a man sustains his infirmity, but a broken spirit who can bear it? You know, when your spirit or your heart, the very core of the who you are, is strong and healthy, even if you get sick, no matter what ha happens to you, if your spirit is strong, you're going to make it through. You know, you, you have the strength to do it. And when, when the problems of life come against you, if your spirit is strong, you're able to say, it's going to be okay, and you just keep going. But a broken spirit, who can bear? Do you see the urgency in guarding your heart? It's really important that we don't let somebody or circumstances rob us of the life of God. And that's our own responsibility. The Holy Ghost will be really good. He'll, he'll um, warn you and, and tweak you. But how many of us know sometimes we just keep barreling forward and later we think, oh, gosh, that was the Holy Ghost trying to get my attention, you know, whatever. And so we're... we're Reminding ourselves, it's really, really important that we guard our own heart, the very core of the who you are. Do not let that get damaged because when your spirit's broken, you can't do anything. Until that gets repaired, you haven't got strength for the things that you need because out of your heart flow the issues of life. Um, Betty has brought this up before. Her, her favorite scripture, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Where is that verse again, Betty? <laughs> okay, because, why can't we find it? It is not a scripture. I've heard that since I was a little child. Guess what? Oh, okay. It was, I thought it was for my sermon. Go, girl. <laughs> It's because I said that was a verse, and it wasn't, and the house started falling apart. Ooh. Okay, so sticks and stones may break my bones, but, but words will never hurt me. Not a verse. It means it's unscriptural. You know what is scriptural? Proverbs 12, 18. There is one that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. 
Have you ever had somebody say something and you felt like it went into you like a dagger? You might have been bleeding days later. You're like, whoo, that hurt, that hurt, that hurt. Because the, this, the Bible acknowledges words can pierce you like a sword, okay? And so the reason that I'm bringing this up is because it's part of guarding ourselves, is that we need to be really careful that our hearts, that we protect our hearts, and we're talking about in relationships, talking about particularly in women friendship type of relationships. We could also apply this to family relationships because, you know, family will go where no man should ever tread. Family, <laughs> family somehow feels free to say what no, you would never say to anybody else except family, so we'll, we'll lump them into this as well. And I'm, so, so anyway, um, for young kids or, you know, for teenagers and whatever, these are really good principles for them to know. Guard your heart. You don't have to fall in love with everybody who comes down the street just because your heart flutters a little. Tell it to shut up and move on. I mean, we got, we got goals in life here. We got to make sure that we're going to pick the right person. But for us tonight, we're looking at, at just friendships, okay, and, and about relationships. And so we're going to be looking at guarding our heart. So the first thing that we can say is, so how do I guard my heart? How do I guard that innermost self? And one thing we can ask the question, is this relationship edifying me? Okay, that is a very legitimate question to ask. So yes might be the answer. And let me just give you an example kind of, of what should we expect in good, healthy relationships. What kind of things are we, are we looking for there that when you ask yourself, is this relationship edifying me? You, you give yourself a hearty amen. I just want to say I love church life. I got saved when I was 14. I've been in church ever since I was 14. I have friends from back in that era who I still, I don't keep up with closely, but when we do talk, we step right back into like we had just talked. Friends that last a, a long time. I have friends from almost every church that I've ever been to over uh, that, you know, that period of time that go, go way, way back. Isn't it interesting? Met all of them or almost all of them in church. Kept up with those relationships. Sometimes you don't see them for 10, 15 years, but when you do see them, hello, we're still friends. It's all still good edifying good relationships. Now, not with everybody I knew in every church. I'm talking about those special, you know, close uh, people. So when you have friends like that, when you, when you get together, you should come away saying, why don't we get together more often? That was so much fun. That was so good. It's like you share your burdens with, with those kind of people, and you come away feeling really, really good about it. Um, Edifying relationship. You know, let's talk about this. The word edifying, it's kind of a churchy word. Do you ever say at work, oh, you edify me? Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so we're not exactly, I mean, you have to carry a doggone dictionary, you know, to get. <laughs> yeah. To, and see what kind of response you get. But, you know, we, we, it's a churchy word, but what it means is it's to charge like a battery. I told you my mom's 95. She rides one of those scooters when she's going anywhere that she needs a um, 
do it at any speed. She gets onto her little, um, her little scooter, and my mama liked to open that thing up. I'm talking about, I'm practically jogging by the time, I mean, if, if, if I do not take long strides, she is at the cafeteria, and I'm panting back here, you know, so she liked to open it up and roll out with her little, little hair flying in the wind, you know, she's going, <laughs> you're supposed to plug those things in every night. Guess what? She can't, she doesn't have the strength to pull it out of the wall. So we do, I, and the thing is, if I plug it in at night, she can't go anywhere until I come over and unplug it so in the morning. So that's not working for our schedule every night, let's just say. So it gets, sometimes it gets slow, and she'll say to me, Dallin, we need to plug in my electric chair. <laughs> and so, <laughs> how can she tell the charge is running down. It starts slowing down. Now, the little gauge is still way over in the green, but she can tell because she, when she opens it up, I can walk beside her instead of, <laughs> instead of jogging <laughs> to keep up. Do you ever feel like your battery's running a little low? You can tell you still got life in there. There's still plenty of juice to get done what you need to do, but it is not like when you're charged up. So then you go out to lunch with your friends, with the ones who edify you. And you start off just laughing and talking, and then you start talking about somebody, uh, somebody vaguely. We are not gossiping. We, we're ta we talk about somebody, some issue at work, let's say. You start talking about an issue at work. And one of your friends says to you, you know what, though? Uh, you can overcome that because you have the life of God in you. And she starts saying, she starts giving you, and, and you know, it's just the nat most natural thing in the world when Christian women get together to talk about the things of God. And by the time, you know, you're, you, you, you just feel that life coming back. Oh, you're, she's right. I can, I can do this. And she says, and you're going to forgive her? And you're like, I knew that. I was. I was going to do that. I was about to do that, you know. And, and so you get together, and by the time you leave, you think to yourself, thank God, I'm, I'm charged again. I'm back on track. I'm, I'm ready to go. That's what edifying, building each other up. We should all have friends like that. It's part of the plan of God for your life. You know, we're the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. I'm going to have different friends than you are. But we're all to be joined together. If this is me, I'm this little finger here. Here's my friends because I'm joined right here. You're this little finger over here. You may not have the same friends as me, but you've got somebody to be joined with. And you've got somebody on this side to be joined with. And you've got somebody there to be joined with. I mean, you know, all kinds of ways that you can be joined, but it's not, we're all, not all going to be the same. But the Lord knows where each person is going to be joined. And so if you're not in a position yet where you have edifying relationships like, with, like that, we're going to talk about that as well. All right, so first thing we did was we're talking about guarding our heart to make sure that we can choose life, that the life is not, is not um, stolen from us. Um, so Psalm, 30, Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, that's what it should feel like when you get together with your, your friends in the body of Christ, that you should come away thinking, it is so good to have friends. And you know I tease Miss Cindy relentlessly. We, and you know why? Because she's my friend. 
And then when we get together serious, we serious, you know. And sometimes when, when life is not go looking good, I'll call Miss Cindy and I'll say, you got to preach at me because I ain't feeling it. And she, and she will. And she tell, I tell her what I need and she preaches it to me. Isn't that a safe place to be? And sometimes, you know, I'm, she's different. She, her gift is exhortation. So I call her and she off the cuff. She comes up with a sermon. She calls me. I get, I get 20 scriptures and email them to her because we're different. But we, that, but we minister to each other in the way that we minister to each other, and it works. And that's what your, what your friends do. You get together and you hold each other up. When one's not feeling so strong, it should be. So if that's kind of our, what should, you know, when we ask that question, um, is this relationship edifying? That's the yes. Let's look at what if it's no. Okay, what if, what if you say, mm, not coming away feeling that? Well, first thing, it may not be the person. It may be that you allowed things in your relationship that in and of themselves do not edify, such as Betty brought up. We do tend to gossip. If you get together with no matter how good your friend is, <clears throat> if the two of you sit around and talk about somebody, you ain't going to come home feeling good because you violated the word of God. So you got to keep your, keep your relationship among yourself pure. The same thing can happen if you sit around and <clears throat> complain. It's one thing to share your heart. Somebody at work is driving me crazy. And then they say, well, forgive them. You've got the strength of God. Da, 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 da. You make an adjustment. You can move on. It's different when the two of you sit there. Yeah, my job sucks too. You know, it's terrible. Isn't life hard? Woo! And pretty soon, nobody's happy, and you did not come out of that edified either. So keep our conversation and our behaviors in a way that God can bless them in the relationships. But let's also talk about, as I said, those. let's go back to those tendencies, things that do not tend towards life, life and death. And we kind of forget the choice is ours. So one thing was we said, we have a hard time saying no. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. I used to go to the crazy church. And um, that was when I was in my, in my 20s. <laughs> it was the crazy church. And I was only in my 20s, so what did I know? That it was totally unscriptural. They, it was a very controlling church where whatever the church leaderships told you to do, we thought that was God speaking through the leaders, and we went along like so many swine off the edge of the cliff, you know. So, so um, anyway, all that said, there was, <laughs> thank God for the good church you're in where you don't have to act that way. We didn't know any better. So there was this church conference that everybody was, um, was going to. We were invited. But if you didn't go, you were looking like, you know, it was just not acceptable to not go. So we had to take a week off work when you're 20 and you're making real low money. That's really hard on your budget, but we all did that. And so we were all going to this conference. Well, there was one couple there. Her sister was getting married that weekend. Would you believe she went to the Christian conference and did not attend her sister's wedding? Do you know that years later they were still working to repair that relationship? She got bullied 
don't get bullied. Do not violate your conscience. We've got to be able to say no. We have to be able to say, okay, take a step back. My sister's getting married, and if they're crazy and they think that you should do something that's, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's obvious, but when you were there, somehow the choice didn't seem so obvious. So don't allow yourself to be bullied into what you do not want to do. And here's a principle that can help you in this. God set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose. If God lets you choose, do you think it's okay for you to choose? Should you be bullied into things that you do not want to do if God lets us choose? God will let you choose to go to hell. Isn't that interesting? He's serious about you making your own choices. So don't let's let ourselves get bullied when you really don't want to do some things. Sometimes we don't, we just need to say, don't yield to the flesh. You don't want to do it because you're lazy, you know. But sometimes you don't want to do it because it's your sister's wedding. Y you know what I'm saying? And you need to just be able to say, you know, I I'm not doing that. Another example I was thinking about, my son is uh, going to school at Rama Bible Training Center, and um, one of the associate pastors was teaching a course. And this particular day, <clears throat> she came in, and the class was on, she titled the sermon, What's That Sucking Sound? <laughs> Which meant the life is being sucked right out of you, and here's how to prevent that. Have you ever been with somebody, and they're just like, and he was saying that she, her, her testimony in this case was um, she didn't even think about it until her coworkers pointed out, do you know that every time you talk to that person, you mope around the office for a couple of hours until you get your feet back under you or, you know, whatever, however nice way they put it. But sometimes we're so nice. Yes, I'll sit on the phone for two hours and let you just tell me how terrible life is. Go ahead. I am just have nothing to do but be a receptacle for garbage, and you can just go ahead and tell me everything. <laughs> and they just pull the life right out of you. I mean, it can be done in many, many ways. And this woman was a minister. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're trying to be kind. We're trying to give, and by the time we're done, we're like, oh, oh this is, you know. Okay, so... Just saying, okay? So we need to learn to say no. If after a certain period of time, people are not able to receive encouragement, you need to just say, I'm sorry, I have to go now. You know, I, you, you can't just let people keep, you know, and your stomach goes in a knot when you see on caller ID who it is because you're thinking, oh, they're going to suck the life out of me. <laughs> so... The answer is that we need to learn how to say no. Okay, here, I'm, we're gonna, here's just for a little help here. We're going to practice. Okay, one, two, three, no. Okay, let's do it again. One, two, three, no. Okay, wasn't that hard? <laughs> Miss Betty, I know you don't work. You don't know me very well, but, you know, I just got a, a full-time job, and I can't go over to the dog groomer since you aren't working. I know you're not doing a thing. Would you take my dog to the groomer every Tuesday? 
tastes good. Oh, oh, Tara, you bake. You bake a gooey, buttery, what? What's that thing called? Gooey, oh, a sweet potato, gooey butter cake. I know you made one for me last weekend, but I'm having guests in this week, and I don't want to go to Publix because it's too expensive for me to buy something. So would you make 10 of those and bring them by my house? Mm. Well, no. See, that was hard for her to even say no. no Linda, nice. Linda, you really need to practice this. <laughs> okay, so uh, Linda, um, I know that you don't work. You, you got nothing to do all day, and I do work. And so um, I'm wondering if you can help paint my house. I know you got a little allergy here or there, but you could wear a mask. Can you, can you paint my house next weekend? I'm going to be sipping tea on the back uh, pool, <laughs> at the pool. Can you can you do that for me? Um, I would love to, but Janet's sitting here looking at me, and I gotta say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's hard to say no. It, re it is really hard to say no. It takes practice. What do you do with the gills? Yeah, okay, thank you very much. That is exactly a very good question because we feel guilty. Does guilt tend towards life? Does disappointment tend towards life? Guard our heart above all that we guard. That's what we do with it. We realize it's scriptural. Here's a scriptural word. No. I'm sorry. I can't. No. Some of you are real good at this. Miss Betty, I shouldn't have even tried with her because she was like way past no. She was like, are you kidding me? And I'm going to tell you off too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, that was over and above. <laughs> but you know, I'm giving you permission because it is scriptural to say no to things that do not tend towards life. Let me give you something that is very profound. If you do not say no to what you should say no to, you are not available to say yes to what you should say yes to. If Betty's taking my dog to the groomer, and then she's laying there in bed at night mad about it, which we all know that happens. You're taking advantage of, I didn't want to do it, blah, 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 blah. Now her heart's got all kind of issues. You know, you know that, that's not tending towards life. Better to have just, you don't have to give excuses. I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. What day is it? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. You don't know yet? I'm still unavailable. <laughs> All right, so, so we're going to just start that. You know, for those of you who are already saying no, good for you. For those of us who need to be more bold about that, it takes some, it takes some scripture because the scripture will set you free. And your scripture is guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Sometimes we need to step up and do what our flesh doesn't want to do. But you know the difference. You know when this is something that you should do. And this is something that's being put on you and you didn't want to do it. You just didn't have the courage or what. I don't even know if that's the right way to put it. But you, you just didn't say no. So... Um, Another thing we tend to do, we tend to knit ourselves to people who do not edify our, uh, to 
who do not edify or build us up. Do you know that the scripture, in, particularly in Proverbs, is full of verses of people you should not be friends with? Because I know me, I like everybody. I can count on one hand people that I haven't liked over my lifetime. Now, they maybe didn't deserve that because they weren't, I don't know why, I just do. I just choose to like people. But I have also learned over the years, you cannot be close and intimate friends with everybody. And there are scriptural reasons why. I'm just going to call out a few of them to you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship hath darkness, uh, have uh, righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? We think of that when it comes to marriage. But when it comes to other relationships too, we need to think, or should we be yoked together like this? Is this really appropriate? Um, now, I do want to say this. I'm talking about close friends not you you can be nice to everybody we should we should always be kind we should always extend ourselves we should always be nice you would have to get out of the world entirely to you know to not do those things i'm talking about friendships where you begin to trust them where they influence your life and you influence them you're guarding your heart um another thing uh 1 Corinthians 15:33 Be not deceived evil companionships corrupt good morals. Amen. Some of the world are fun. They just are. They're, it would be fun to be friends with them, but you know what? You hang out with them too much and they're going to corrupt your morals. Uh, Proverbs 22:24 and 25 Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go, lest you learn of his ways and set a snare for your soul. How about people, how about if your friends, like, just fly off the handle at everything? They hang out the window and gesticulate at every other car that goes by. They yell stuff out, you know. They, um, they walk in the door. <laughs> they, they yell at the kids. They kick the dog and spit in a goldfish bowl when they get home from work. You know what? If you continue hanging out with angry friends, guess what happens? Pretty soon you're going to be yelling, kicking the dog, and spitting in the goldfish bowl because that's just what the standard is among the friends. Okay? So, I mean, some of this behavior, it's contagious. Here's an interesting one. Cast, this is Proverbs 22.10. Cast out the scorner. And contention shall go with it. Yes, strife and repro reproach shall cease. Some people just carry strife and reproach. They carry their scorners. You know what a scorner does? When you're out with a scorner, you'll say, they'll say, my job is so hard, it's just really, really difficult. And you'll say, you know, but you have the strength in the Lord to forgive them and move on. I've tried to forgive them. I, I just can't, you know, and then so you go, so you go to another verse, you say, well, God's going to give you the strength. Well, he never has yet. I know it says that, but he never has. That's a scorner. A scorner hears the word and won't receive it. If you're with friends who, when you try to encourage them, and it doesn't even, I don't know, maybe you don't use scriptures when you're talking, but you just try to encourage them. It's going to, it's going to be all right, whatever way you guys do it. But they just hold up their hand and say, no, no, no. I'm not receiving any encouragement. That's a scorner. 
And what happens is when you distance yourself from that friendship, you're going to go, <sighs> because they carry strife and contention with them, and you don't realize it because you've been em embroiled in it. So these are things, you know, have you ever had to distance yourself from some friends? The Holy Ghost will kind of nudge you in these directions, and sometimes it is very painful because you love those people, and maybe you've been with them for a long time. The Lord is not telling you not to love them, but if they're poisoning your spirit, what are we guarding? Above all that we guard, we're guarding our hearts. And so you have to start weighing what's more important my heart or intimate friendship with this person and you can start distancing yourself from some relationships and it would be perfectly scriptural for you to do so um, here's something that's so interesting Jesus was kind to everybody but he was not friends with everybody this is the gospel of John chapter 2 verse 23 and 24 it says now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. Woo, I'm with Jesus. He's my friend. He's the one who does the miracles. You've seen him, right? He's laying hands on people. They're hopping up all well. He's my friend. Okay, but here's what Jesus said. Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. He knew the hearts of men. And so even though he was doing miracles and changing their lives, he did not entrust himself to them because he knew this is a fair-weather friend. So just saying, that's how if Jesus wasn't friends with everybody, you think that might be kind of an okay thing for us to say. Certain people, we got to pull back a little bit. Another tendency that leads not to life is that we think everybody's our responsibility. We spend our time and energy, our people who really aren't our responsibility, robbing us of the time and energy we should be spending on the people who are our either responsibility or our friends. Like I said with the saying no, these kind of overlap. If you spend all your time and energy on lesser priorities, when the real need comes up, I need you and I need you now. Have you got any res res resources left to give? Or did you deplete them all on something that somebody, you know, making 20 cakes for somebody or taking somebody's dog to the groomer or I forgot what I asked you to do, but whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> paint, paint my house, my gosh, you wouldn't have anything left. You know, and so we have to kind of, we, we need to think about, it's, it's not like we don't have enough problems of our own. Why do we feel the need to get into everybody else's business? I mean, you know what I'm saying? What is it, this nosy Nelly thing that we have that we want to know everybody's everything and then we're going to help them fix it like we're the know-it-alls of the earth we can't take care of our own stuff but we're going <laughs> to be all into your business this is one of, i just love this verse first thessalonians 4 11 this is the good news bible which you know is paraphrased make it your aim to live a quiet life 
to mind your own business. Did you know that was a scripture? <laughs> mind your own business. There you go. That's a scripture. First Thessalonians 4.11. Make it your aim to live a quiet life and to mind your own business. First Thessalonians 4.11. My, you know, we, our business is what our hearts have enough energy. God will give you all the energy and resources you need to do your own stuff. When you start getting exhausted, you might like to think, am I spending my energy on somebody else's responsibilities? Or you know how you're just with people and you, you get all up into their issues and you let that sap you of your life. And so these are just some thoughts that we need to kind of think. Um, boundaries. Set up some boundaries. That These are mine. That's yours. I'm sorry for you. Glad I'm not you. But, <laughs> but that's your problem, and this is not my business, you know. Pastor brought that up a little bit on Wednesday night. He started to go there. I thought he was going to preach my sermon. Um, Number four, women tend to want to be peacekeepers. And as I said, all of these things that don't tend towards life are because we are good people and we want to do right. We want to do nice things. We want to be accepted. We want to help everybody. Peace is a good thing, and we should pursue it. However, Romans 12:11 says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. Now, there was an if in there. What was that if? Do you remember? If it is possible, and as much as it depends on. And so does that not imply sometimes it is not possible? Sometimes it does not depend upon you. You know, I used to think about this verse a lot when my kids were teenagers, and I would come home, and, the, and I, would, I would think... You know, there's a verse that says, I am for peace, but they are for war. That's how I, that is how I felt. The whole time my older kids were teenagers, I was like, I am for peace, but they are for war. It is, there was just, you know how teenagers just live in a, in a, in a turmoil a lot of times. And sometimes as much as you want peace and you do everything you can to bring peace, there is no peace because it is not up to you. And so the reason I'm telling you that is to set you free from guilt. It's not always your fault. If the, some relationships just head take that nosedive, and we're all feeling like, I mean, I can't tell you, I can think of three relationships where I have laid in bed and cried over, I wish this was different, but it was not up to me. I did everything I knew to do, and some relationships, there's not, as much as it's up to you, be at peace with all men. And so at that point, you just got to roll it over onto the Lord and say, I don't know what else to do, but guilt does not tend towards life. And so that's the time where you have to say to yourself, I'm going to be free of this now. I'm not going to walk in guilt. I'm not going to feel, you know, I'm not going to allow my feelings to just keep being churned up over and over over these things because it's not anything more I can do. You know, the, the Holy Ghost is such a friend. 
the Lord will only hold you responsible for what you're really responsible for. You know, you, 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 and then you just got to let it go. So how about if you don't have any of those good edifying relationships I was talking about, or maybe, maybe none recently. Maybe, maybe all of your friends are from crazy church or, you know, so <laughs> one, of these, one of these other places, you know, that, that you haven't seen them in a long time. We need new, fresh relationships all the time. We, all, we need each other. We need, you can look around and find people here. You can, if, if you haven't found somebody to knit with, you know who knows? The Lord. He's the one, he knows you're that little finger right there, and he knows who's sitting right here on the next finger over. And he'll, you just ask him, Lord, I'm lonely. I need some edifying. I'm sick of all this. I need some friends. Who can you send me? And interestingly, don't you find that the Lord starts allowing you to start meeting people you know, and, and you start making those friends. I saw the coolest thing on Facebook the other day, and it just really made me laugh. Two young girls laying um, on the ground, like kind of like snow angel kind of a thing with their heads together. And the caption said, all friendships start as new friendships. And I thought, you know, it, it's really true. Always be willing for the new friendships, when somebody sparks up, I like them. You know, let, let a new friendship bud up on the inside of you. And, you know, you've only got as much time as you've got, so you can only be as close as the time that you've got to invest. But you know that. And, and just ask the Lord for that help. His part, he'll open doors. Your part, the scripture says, if you want friends, you must show yourself friendly. Now, that does not mean outgoing. Some of us are outgoing by nature, other are shy. It does not preclude shy people from having friendships. The Lord wants this for every single woman in the body of Christ. Talked to my sister the other day. She is like the exact opposite of me. She's quiet. She's skinny. <laughs> she is <laughs> She's nice. I mean, she's just a lot. <laughs> just, we're just very, very different. And yet, as I was talking to her, she said she has a particular friend. And she said, you know, I was talking to my friend. And you know, you know how you get with that one friend that you can just tell every, everything to? And I thought, praise God. You know, shy women can still have that. You don't have to be friends with everybody if you've got that one person that you can just tell everything to. It's that safe place for you to do. The Lord wants that for you. And so I just want to remind us, ask God for it, and then when they come along, make time for them. You know, make, make sure that you do your part to be friendly and to, and to make time. So I'm just going to sum this up by saying that God wants for us that Zoe, real and genuine life, super abundant in quantity, superior in quality. What he wants for us is a life that we can't even imagine how good it is. And the way we're going to get this is in our relationships particularly, so that we'll, we'll have that pleasant unity among us, is that we're going to guard our hearts with all diligence above all that we guard. We're going to guard our hearts. So I'm hoping that you're going out of here tonight either validated, yay, I'm great at 
saying no, sending these people packing when they bug me, or that you're going to say to yourself, it is scriptural and fine for me to distance myself. You may have to distance yourself from some relationships, and you may have to step up and decide to be friendly with some other relationships. But the bottom line is, we're going to choose life in our relationships. Amen?